Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton of One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I am joined today, and as always and forever, <laughs> with my business partner, my friend, my buddy, Mr. Jason Johnston, really sleepy, super tired, hoarse voice, hurt body, yelling. <laughs> it's funny. I didn't think you could get more intense than the last time, the last episode we did. And congratulations, you upped the intensity. So <laughs> was that intense? The, the forever part was a little nerve-wracking. Oh, well, yeah. you know, I love you, buddy. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's the day after the Jubilee, so emotions, emotions are raw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> as, is, as are my vocal cords. Yeah, yeah. I apologize to all the listeners if I sound like I just woke up in <laughs> Cardboard City. So, uh, Anyway, that's... Yeah. It's done. Yeah, it's done. Uh, another year. Good show. Good show. Year six in New York. It and, is. And um, might be one of the best. A number of people oh, at the table yeah. were saying that last night. Yeah. We had a, a, a pretty unique experience, mm-hmm. um, even though it was year six. So, yeah, very, very proud of us. Very we, happy about it. We changed a few things up this year. Actually, I mean, obviously, we changed a few things up, but our caterer mm-hmm. really changed yeah. things up yeah. too. Yeah, Ari White. Yeah, wondering queue. Yep, we we had gotten a Facebook message a few days before the event. Yeah, I need to follow up with that chap. See yeah, what his no. experience yeah, was. Yeah, uh, but but his comment was, "Oh, I love your show so much." Um, you know, however, I hope I don't have to wait in line for food for forty five minutes. And that was his number. Yeah, well, that's and which is not acceptable. No, right. no. And, and obviously when you've got 450 people yep. looking to get food all at the same time, it is it's nearly impossible to get it immediately. But, but... And, and, and that's yeah. actually just, just before you finish that thought, one of the right. things about our Whiskey Jubilee events yeah. is the kosher food. People know about the kosher yeah. food. Yeah, yeah. It's not a whiskey festival with a little bit of food on the side and you might, you know, dibble-dabble. <laughs> People come and chow yeah. down yeah. Uh, on the, the kosher buffet that we have. So I, I think for many, it's a big foodie event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Ex- yeah. Yeah. We'll look at our co-sponsors. Oh, right? yeah. K- kosher Guru, Wandering Q that we mentioned earlier, uh, Grow and Behold. Yeah. Uh, those are all food people. And, um, and not to mention great kosher restaurants foodies, Elon uh, Kornblum. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I mean, he's, he's the, the king of kosher foodie stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really yeah. interesting to have people come to the table who are learning about whiskey, yeah. but they're in the room for the food, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and vice versa. You know, we've said this previously, a previous episode when we go to Seattle, mm. and a lot of people are saying, "Whoa, this kosher food! I never had kosher food before. Yeah. Yeah. What's this? Is fantastic." <laughs> come to New York, and the folk are like, "Yeah, of course, kosher food's fantastic. <laughs> right? <laughs> What's wrong with you?" Right, right. <laughs> and so, yeah, a, a word for a lot of our listeners um, that. You know, for me back in the day, I wasn't familiar with it at all. But Cholent, C H O L E N T, Cholent. Yeah, well done. Is, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Jewish comfort food. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Ari does a great job with the Jewish comfort food. I'm here right now with Ari White of The Wandering Q, who has been our caterer at Whiskey Jubilee since year one, six yeah. years ago. And we could not have ever made this show possible without you. Talk to me quickly about what you do, how your food... Like, people go insane, insane for your food. And I'm a vegetarian, 
and I mean it's more meat than you can shake a stick at. So talk to me about you this. You know, I, maybe it's that uh, as as an Ilefile my, myself, uh, there is something about uh, barbecue and whiskey that very much go in hand in hand. As I think of you know having a, a new drinking partner uh, come into my house, and as they look up at the shelves, like always, the question is like, well, like. Do you want something sweet or smoky? Mm -hmm. And and maybe the beautiful thing about barbecue is it, as opposed to being exclusively one or the other, yeah. it marries those two things perfectly. So, so with that said, uh, you know, a, a good a good sweet and smoky morsel to go, to go in your mouth next to the cigar yeah. upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Washed down by by either sweet or smoky in the rest of this room, you know, it's uh, it's 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 a marriage that works. But uh, I uh, it's been a real honor to be part of this since since day one. Yeah. So just like we did in Seattle, you were the man out roving. I was the man behind the table. Uh, crazy busy night for me. Pouring one half of my table was the retail line. The other half was. Uh, our online offerings, including our brand new English whiskey company, yeah. uh, Sotern Cask, which really killed. They knocked it out of the park. Yeah, People were loving it, right? Really happy. And then in the middle of those two was, and it's sitting right next to me on the table oh, here, look at that. our whiskey jubilee, 11 and a half year old MGP. Uh, uh, one of 103 bottles at a natural cast strength of 54% alcohol. 54.5. <laughs> I, I dropped that. I dropped that on the night. I did not waste did people's. I did not waste people's time. Oh my gosh! The exact. The, I didn't waste it's, people's time. It's, Nobody it's, cared about oh that level gosh. of exactitude. I would go to you and I would say, "Oh, it's just fifty-four. <laughs> There's nothing else beyond that. Do you got a one-five? Do you got a one-seven? If, if you huh. had uh -huh. come to my table, right?" And ask that follow-up question, yeah. you would have got an answer. So here's the thing. And I would have been happy to answer you. Here's the thing. Nobody asked that follow-up question. Here's the thing. Yes, sir. I couldn't get to your table. <laughs> As per usual, your table is 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 three, four, five people deep. It is. Lots of conversations. Really good single cast nation members coming out to yeah. support us. People who are looking to talk to us for the very first time. Right? It's always, you know... I don't think we're too full of ourselves, but we definitely live inside. Bit. We live inside our own little single cast nation bubble, right? Yeah. I feel like yeah. a lot of people know about us, yeah. and so when people kind of out the side of their eye look at our banner, <laughs> should we let people know that we're in a New yeah, York City hotel yeah, so. room? There might be some more background noise, <laughs> not just my landscaping crew. <laughs> Wait, you didn't bring your landscaping crew up to New York? This is the thing about New York. There's no grass here. All right. There's nothing for them to do. In spots. They can't landscape concrete. Well, red there's, red there's, brick. There's grass, but it's a different kind of grass. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was offered some last night. Were you? I was. Did they please tell me they called it grass? <laughs> <laughs> we got some grass for you. You want to, you want to smoke some grass? Uh, did they ask you to smoke drugs with them? They did ask me <laughs> to smoke drugs with them. And you know what? I said no thank you. Yeah, that's good. Because good I was you. already double fisting pints and, <laughs> and trying to find spare hands for more whiskey. So... <laughs> Uh, you know what? <laughs> you started a thought that I interrupted you on. I don't know if Did we're going to remember oh, what the thought was. Man. You were going to um, finish a thought on something. Well, actually, uh, you interrupting my good thought brings me to another thought. <laughs> it always does. Right? It always does. And, it, and it's one of these things where I feel as if this is the third in a row. Do you see where I'm going with this? Of good thoughts? 
No. Okay. Let me let's think about our podcast history. <laughs> That's it. I haven't forgotten this week, but I was just waiting for the right moment. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Well, I mean, the good thing is we did. Yes, sir. Last night. Yes, sir. One of the things we always talk about. What it is, what we do. Oh, that we do all night long. All night long. I say that a lot. All night long. All night. All night. All night. All night. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm we're, so tired. We're so tired. I think that's actually my original thought from this podcast was me apologizing about the state of my voice. I yeah. don't think I ever completed that thought either. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, we are. We're operating on minimal sleep. Yeah, yeah. The day after Whiskey Jubilee, New York City. Yeah. Um. A little tired. Mm-hmm. Might still be a little drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, very happy that it was yeah. successful. Uh, let's let's quickly mention here, we're not drunk because we were getting drunk at the Jubilee. Oh, heck no. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Party. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's a miscommunication. <laughs> no, no, no. I may have had one tipple or two. Yeah. Yeah. Or not. Or no. not. What's legal? We ended our night at our local watering hall we go to uh, we go to every year after the Jubilee here in New York they're called American Whiskey yep. Kevin there and, was fantastic yeah Kevin the owner came around and just making sure everybody's having a great time yeah, good lad absolutely loved it there and uh, a lot of the exhibitors some of the uh, some of our good whiskey friends and bloggers and such came oh, out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah it was a nice yeah, group actually yeah. yeah nobody was was harassing anybody else yeah so I interrupted you Again, because you were talking about a little drunk, may still be drunk, tired. <laughs> what else happened? <laughs> we we did make a commitment that we would not eat 4 a.m. pizza. We d- and we stuck and we to it until we... it got to 3.38. <laughs> and you had said, oh, let's go for that 4 a.m. pizza. <laughs> and we didn't. But we didn't. I, I'm just, honestly, I was very surprised that we walked by the, the kosher pizza place. Yes. Um, oh, it's so that, good. That we order for for our team. Yeah. And uh, and I said no thanks to it. I just didn't know that's the place we were walking by. I got to tell you, even even for, you know, New York pizza, this is decent New York pizza. <laughs> I have to tell I have to tell our listeners, <laughs> Joshua yes. has, has been driving friends to distraction over the last three days <laughs> because i live oh, in connecticut my Lord. Oh, my near Lord. new haven oh, my Lord. where the most legendary of all pizzas let, is. let me just say what one of our friends said to joshua the other day nobody has ever flown to new haven for new haven pizza jason you are the person who said that to me <laughs> <laughs> friends the very best friends friends are the very best friends <laughs> So what is it what we do that we do that we did last night? Yes, sir. Plus. Yes, sir. Um, so we run a <laughs> mm-hmm. independent bottling company hey. uh, with a retail line, mm-hmm. Single Cast Nation. Yes. With an online line. Yeah. Something that I just had quite fun saying last night. <laughs> uh, also called Single Cast Nation. Yeah. New labels went over very well. Oh, People good, like the good, new good. online membership labels. Yeah. What do they think of the... Oh, you just asked the right question. Yep, go on. <laughs> I thought you guys thought they thought of the retail labels. No, you were just going to ask me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we also run Whiskey Festival. Yes. Called Whiskey Jubilee. Yes. And that was last night in New York. Last night. And it'll be Chicago in November 9th. Oh, my gosh. It's coming and, right up. And, uh, and then Seattle next yeah. year, February or March, whatever we're looking at for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we run Whiskey Geek Tours of Scotland, mm-hmm. uh, which we had a chance to talk about yesterday as well, with our oh, swimmers, right. Justin and yes. Chad, yeah. uh, being in the room for that amazing masterclass that we did. Yeah, that was excellent. Uh, a Fashila masterclass yeah. in New York yeah. City, literally two weeks after the Fashila Nyla. Yeah. People so, were yeah. loving it yesterday. Uh, that tasting raised $2,000 yeah. for charity. Yeah. Which, yes. Tam, Scottish Whiskey Auctions. Yeah, Tam Gardner. Good lad, owner there. Uh, he's mm. going to make that £2,000 oh, uh, once what, it actually becomes the donation in Scotland. a great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that adds a good 25-30% to the... That was lovely. To the tally, that's nice. Really nice. So um, For yeah, the... For those that don't know what Fajila is, because I think there may be some of you out there that do not know what that is. I don't think that's true. You don't think that's true? I, don't, I think everybody who listens to this podcast knows what Fajila is. We had someone who didn't know what NAS was. I'm, I will say this, though. They might not actually know what I'm saying when I say <laughs> Fajila. <laughs> right? They're like, okay, wait, what, was the word, what was the word he said for Jewish comfort food? Is yeah. that the one that he's saying right now? Nope. That was Cholent. Well, this is Fischiel. Well, in both cases, you are literally not speaking English. Oh, look at me. Fancy. Get right. out. Right? Get out. <laughs> Get out. So uh, the Fischiela Festival, Fischiela means the Festival of Isla. And every year there is a Fischiela Festival on the island of Isla. It's about an eight-day-long festival. And each day, a distillery has its own celebration. You've got eight distilleries on the island. And how perfect that in eight days you get to celebrate an individual distillery. So what the masterclass was a bottling from each of the eight distilleries. But these were distillery-only Fijila Festival commemorative bottlings that we bought, brought yep. to New York. Yep. Right? So uh, what a wonderful chance for people to taste those whiskeys in one spot. It's the first time, and we talked about this in the last episode, it's the first time you and I have ever done something like oh, this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I think it was the first time that anyone in the room had done something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, our, our good friend Matt Lurin was in the room and um, he had been on Isla for Fischiel. And so he was really wonderful at adding a few little details um, as that masterclass went along. So, yeah. yeah. But no, it was funny. I looked out over the room and people were just smiling and happy and chatting to friends. Mm. Um, yeah, it went, it went over really good, really well. Mm. Yeah, it really good isn't proper grammar. That's how tired I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing some words at the wall here and seeing what was going to stick. Yeah. Here, before we go on. Oh, right. Just as I was giving you the list of what it is that we do, um, made me think of something I encountered last night. Yeah. I was pouring at the table next to our New York distributor, Skernick, um, who are really wonderful people and, and we're very happy to be in that stable. And um, I had people over the course of the night asking me, so these retail bottles, where do I find them? Mm, so tell, mm-hmm. tell me some stores that have them. Yep. And, and so, you know, without trying to give away names, I was trying to say to people, go to your favorite store, ask for Single Cast Nation. If they don't have it, let them know it's from Skernick and, and have them bring it in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was Adam from Skernick who said something interesting to me after the show when I was kind of relaying that type of story to him. Mm-hmm. And he said... So many of these product products, I know they said projects. He said a lot of these products mm. are new to the market. Mm-hmm. It really takes the consumer saying to their retailer right. to get on board yeah. with that distributor yeah. to bring it yeah. in. Yeah. That's obviously a new thing uh, for us, bringing Single Cast Nation to a distributorship. Um, but 
you know, I'd never, as a consumer, I never really thought I had that much power. Um, I really thought well, as that's a con- interesting. Yeah. yeah, I really thought as a consumer, you go to your store, you look at their selection. If they don't have what you want, you go to another store. Mm. And you check out their selection mm-hmm. and you see, okay, where do they differ here? And can I still get the thing I want? Right. The thought of actually just saying, um, single cast nation. I tasted it at the Whiskey Jubilee mm-hmm. and um, I'd love to buy some bottles. It's on the consumer to then have the retailer kind of listen to that request. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, honestly, um, I, I know I'm a little bit naive in this world, um, but... I, you know, and, and definitely, and I definitely am Scottish. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you take what you're given. <laughs> you don't ask questions. Uh, yeah, to be able to go to your retailer and yeah. say, yeah, I really like this single cast nation. So, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. that was a good little empowering moment uh, for the consumer. Yeah. So, if you are looking for single cast nation whiskeys in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, our distributor still has some of these in their warehouse and if your local store doesn't have it yeah you use that power yeah you've got the power yep yep good yeah. friend michael nolan told me they're not available in chicago yet no that's that is simply because of uh time lag i mean by time lag i mean uh, our distributor bc merchants brought it in yeah and uh I, i'm i'm not sure if it hit their warehouse yet oh my what Okay. Or if it's in their warehouse, yeah, it just hasn't flowed to the to the retail shop. Okay, yeah. Right? Yeah, we yeah. certainly learned with uh, Single Cast Nation online that there's a very lengthy process between our cast selection, mm-hmm. getting a bottle, getting a label, getting imported, getting to the warehouse, yeah. making it available to our members. Yeah. It's interesting to see that there's this time lag that you're talking about, yeah. even on the retail side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would have thought that would have moved a little bit faster. So I'm so glad that we brought this part of the conversation up because I spoke with Raj over at Glass Revolution yep. last night. Yep. And uh, we, we actually had a really nice conversation. And within that conversation was a bit of this logistics, this, mm. you know, the difficulties in, in getting bottles from distillery into your home and whiskey into your glass. So I want to shoot over to that conversation quickly. I'm here with Raj right now from Glass Revolution. And Raj, you've been importing Amra for many a year. Yeah, eight or nine years, I think now. If I, if I was a cat, I guess it'd be my my eighth life, I guess. I don't know. But so but your your portfolio for Glass Revolution is 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 esoteric. You know, you have you have world whiskies, but you also have Scotch whiskies as well. So, from the perspective of an importer, how do you determine your your portfolio? What are you looking for when presenting your portfolio? That's a great question, Josh. I mean, we we've always sort of focused on on either getting products from uh, a known distillery where we we have a direct relationship with the producers and the distillery, uh, but we do import from a number of we have a number of independent bottlers that we use. And in this case, we have a, a direct relationship with them. We understand the, their selection criteria to go into in selecting the cast and deciding what to bottle. Uh, and you know, so Black Adder, which last year celebrated 20th, 20th anniversary, is sort of iconic in doing the raw cast whiskeys. Yeah, yeah. So where the whiskey has charcoal sediment still in it, 
Uh, everything single barrel, so that again, not only from Blackadder, but also from Five Lions and Lady of the Glen, uh, it means that you'll never see that again. It's, it's a one-time shot. And we, you know, we always chase everything ahead of time, trying to decide what we bring in, what we don't bring in, rather than just relying upon, you know, that who's bottled it or who's decided upon it. But they have great, I mean, the, the companies we represent have great reputations. Um, you know, they, they wouldn't have gotten where they are without doing that. But that, that's a very good point, though. So we, we were talking with Mark Watt of Cadenheads, or Cadenheads, depending on how you say it. And they're, they've got so many casks in their warehouse, but they have a, an understanding, and, and Gordon McPhail as well, we spoke with them, they have an understanding of what market would want what type of whiskey. So where you may have Five Lions or Lady of the Glen or, or Black Adder saying, here are some whiskeys, in the end, you know the American market and what they may like or what they may not like. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, uh, but um, again, if you look across the U.S., there's 50 states, and it's like dealing with 50 countries. Um, and even within the countries, I mean, for example, California, Northern California has a different palette and a different uh, focus on what they like as opposed to Southern California. Yeah. So we really have to, you know, I, I was recently in Germany, uh, and I attended a, a whiskey show in Nuremberg. Yeah. And there must have been 20 different independent bottlers that buy casks and only bottle it for the local market. Yeah. You know, and I tasted a bunch of them and I'm going, ah, you know, I don't like that, I like this, that's really okay, it's not that great. So likewise, you have to take that whole approach. So I could bring in something like, a, you know, a 50-year-old uh, Lady Burn. Yeah. Uh, and I know that, A, the price point and the style of it, you know, I'm only going to bring in a certain amount of bottles and it's probably going to go to maybe three markets. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, so you're right. I mean, you, I mean, you know that yourself from your retail uh, side of it, from, from Single Cast Nation and even your, uh, your own membership, that you can probably track and see where certain styles of whiskey and which which distilleries are, are ordered where. Now that that is a, a really good point and I mean you you just learn that through the years of experience and like you had said you can you can start tracking it and see who's snapping up more who's snapping up less and then it gets back to what you and I well not you and I but at the master class earlier we talked about that logistical end of it of getting whiskey into certain markets and America, being basically 50 different countries, presents incredible issues. When, when you think about logistical issues, what are some of the more difficult ones that you encounter? Well, straight off, one of the main ones is uh, the government-controlled states, which there's 14 of, versus the open markets. Yeah. And some government-controlled states are really easy to work with, other ones, you have to jump through hoops to get things approved, yeah. which is unfortunate for the people who live in that state because they're missing out on some really great whiskeys. Yeah. Um, and you know, as you know, every every state, and in some states like Tennessee, where you have to have four different distributors because it's split into four quadrants, so it's not as simple as having one distributor per per market. Yeah. 
pop. So you really have to you have to count on your distributors yeah. to uh, understand our portfolio, yeah. uh, and then we rely upon them to understand their marketplace. Yeah. So I really, I mean, you asked me earlier about the, the brands we bring in, and I like to think that we are partners with the distillery or the bottler, yeah. and they count on us to make sure that their whiskeys get to the right market. Yeah. We've got to count on our distributors to make sure that they get it to the right market. So really, it's a three-way partnership. So we've been talking a lot so far about me being at my table and my experience of the Jubilee last night. Mm -hmm. You, as always, are our showrunner out yes. front, yep. putting out fires. And our conversation afterwards, you said there weren't really yeah, many really fires to put out last night. Many fires. Uh, I, I will say our team, uh, headed by Zvi, oh, uh, was yeah. was exceptional oh, uh, yeah. and we out of this world. So they made our lives yeah. a bit easier. Six on the day. great people. One, a seventh person was missing. All right. Naki. He's a good lad. Naki Farkas. Good lad. Yeah, so uh, quick shout out to, to Naki, uh, who I think he was in year two, had reached out to us asking, could you guys use help in setting up the Jubilee? <laughs> and uh, it was the strangest request because we never expected in our lives for someone to reach out and say, could you use help? From someone we'd never even heard of, yeah. we never even knew. He heard about the Jubilee from friends, and he thought, oh boy, I'd love to be a part of this. I don't know if he said, oh boy, that sounds all 50s. You know? <laughs> oh boy, I'd love to be a part of this. Um, but, uh, <laughs> That's how every Orthodox Jewish boy speaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but but he has led the, the Whiskey Jubilee team from, from year two and on. Uh, to, to setting up everything, to helping us get stuff set up. And this year, he, you know, being a neurosurgeon, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, could, couldn't do it. I, I guess someone needed a new brain, maybe. Was it the oh, scarecrow? Easy. Oh, oh you know, if he only had a brain. <laughs> see, where, see where I took that? I like where you took that. I like where you took that. <laughs> <laughs> so no, you're, you're you're spot on to give give credit where credit's yeah. due. But yes, you were the man out front. Yes. So right. so what was your jubilee experience? My jubilee experience. So let me back up. <laughs> <laughs> this year at jubilee, we our our lineup was quite different mm. from previous years. Very much right? so, and, and people noticed. And people noticed. And I was concerned people would notice in a, you know, hey, here's some constructive criticism kind of way. And we had some brands that had been there in previous years that due to scheduling reasons and things yep, like that. People in Scotland. Up, right? Yep. You know, uh, Belveni, unfortunately, wasn't there. Yep. Uh, a few other brands. But this allowed us to bring in brands that we never had to the Jubilee and many brands that... Uh, a lot of the the punters, right? The, the people coming in may not have been familiar with. So I had a chance to go around and talk to some people. I had a chance to go around to some of these new exhibitors. Oh, good. And ask them what their experience was. And one of the things that they said. Yes, sir. And this has, this is a direct comment to our team. Yes, sir. Said, I cannot believe how much attention your team pays to us exhibitors. That's awesome. To we the exhibitor. There's one guy who'd said, 
at any other event, I feel like I am an island. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting here, and I'm starving, and I see people eating. (laughs) And I want to maybe try a dram from somewhere else. And I can't because I'm here alone. And, and... You know, so our our guides, our guys, V and his team, made sure to to go around. Do you need some food? Is there anything that we can get? Yeah. And and so that's that's really good for the exhibitors. And and I you know spoke with a lot of people as well. The you know the attendees who could not say enough about the way that the food was set up. Right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that passed through um, was great. And uh, and you know I had. A conversation with our friend Shane Helmick. Oh, good. Good lad. How to drink whiskey? Yeah, how to drink whiskey. And there's a little bit of our conversation that I wanted to throw in here because it talks about the very inclusive feel Mm. of the Jubilee. Good. You've been coming to the Jubilee since year two. Yes. Right? And you've been to every New York Jubilee since, I think, right? Uh, Yes, I have. So I'm just curious, just being that... As an, from the attendee perspective, what have you have you seen differences? What do you what do you like? What do you don't like? And I'm putting you on the spot because I know you. Here's the thing, Shane. If anything, you are brutally honest to a fault. So go ahead. I have been accused of that. Yes. Um, I don't know. I like the community. I think that's kind of what I'm drawing more towards. When I started coming, it was more like the whiskey, but I've tried a lot of the basic stuff. So. It's fun to kind of go pick uh, pick the brains of the ambassadors a little more, a little more deeply, kind of understand uh, things I might not have asked year one or year two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, every year, meet more people, make more connections, get more ideas. I've read a lot of blogs I haven't read, just okay. meeting people coming here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, New York's a great city to begin with. Yeah. But. Um, I have my qualms about it, but go on. <laughs> yeah, traffic was a little crazy. That's okay. <laughs> um, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to say because you know, every day is a little different. So going to an event, you know, yeah. it's like, what's your mindset? Like, yeah, that's a good I, point. I mean, your whole experience can be what you also bring to it, not what it offers up to you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think last year, actually, I remember talking to... Uh, Raised Catholic, what's a Jewish priest? I'm having a hard time here. Uh, rabbi. Ju- rabbi. I met a rabbi. rabbi. Judas priest. I'm like, Rob Halford was here? <laughs> I wish. That would be a Turbo lover? Cool okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but getting to talk to him you know, as an agnostic, raised Catholic, and all that, it was really cool to kind of hear some of the, the details about his faith. Like, uh, he had the tassels on, kind of explained yeah, like, yeah. the ritual, like, uh, yeah, just, you know, confronting the world in a beautiful way every day. Yeah, yeah. Which is something I wouldn't have seen getting drunk in you know Hartford Connecticut uh, yeah it's kind of cool uh, you meet a wide variety of people uh, it's always nice to come to the city you know uh, before and after even so yeah. um, that's very cool that's cool thank you you're welcome thank you I really loved what Shane had to say about that it talks about this incredibly inclusive environment that we've that we really strive to create mm-hmm. oh from day one and right? with the whole company Yes. Right? We've talked oh, from yeah. day one yeah. about forming yeah. a community yeah. Yeah. Uh, around whiskey where you'd mm-hmm. always be able to talk about mm-hmm. whiskey. Um, so, yeah, very, very pleased to hear that from Shane. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know who else? And I put him right next to you, um, Ajay Boja. Yep, he, from, he was busy. He was busy. So he's from Paul John 
Distillery. Um, actually, John Distilleries. The brand is Paul John, uh, but it's it's called John Distilleries, and you know he he is a one man show here in the U.S. <laughs> and and he's a ball of energy. He is a ball of energy. This was his first jubilee ever, and I wanted to ask him. I wanted to ask him about Paul John. Makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. That <laughs> so, so Ajay, talk to me about single cast nation. <laughs> Let me so, know what you know. Yeah, yeah. So, talk to me about chili cheeseburgers <laughs> because <laughs> no, I you know I wanted him. I wanted to get him on wax. On wax. I wanted to get him on wax. Regular listeners talking about Paul John, but not. I wanted them to understand what Paul John tastes like. You know, what's the flavor mm. profile? What could people expect? Because it is a, a newer brand to the U.S. It's Indian whiskey. A lot of people still aren't familiar with that. They may have heard of Amrut, maybe not tasted it, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. And what the, where the conversation went was a little bit of the history of Goa, India. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and... And I thought this was great. So you hear from the man, from Ajay, one of, one of our favorite people, uh, talking about John Distilleries and getting to hear a little bit of the history of that region of India. Ajay, you are with Paul John Distillers, Distillery? Correct. John right? Distilleries. John Distilleries. This is your first time exhibiting at Jubilee, right? Yes, it is. Talk to me about your whiskeys. These are all 100% Indian single malt made whiskeys. Uh, we're the second distillery out of India to produce a single malt. Um, they're all based in Goa, India. That's where our distillery is located. Goa is a very tropical, it's the smallest state of India, but it's heavily Portuguese uh, influenced or based from there. Because Portugal came and colonized Goa 451 years ago. And so with that, it brought a lot of um, culture as well as a spice trade. It's party capital of India as well. Wow. That's, I had no idea about that history, but that, that makes sense given the name because Paul John is not a traditional Indian name. Correct. So in Goa, when Portugal came and colonized Goa, um, they brought missionaries over and they kind of spread the word through Christianity and uh, Catholicism uh, within the southern region of India. Goa is the smallest state of India, but it also has one of the most amount of uh, churches per capita in the world. Very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Jason. Joshua. Do you want to get geeky? <laughs> Always. You want to get your geek on? Always. <laughs> Can I keep my pants on, though? Uh, oh. Oh. Can I tell you something? the penis with you. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were at we were a tasting on Wednesday night. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and and I'd said something to you, or you'd said something to me, yeah. and Neil Firetog, yeah. longtime supporter of Single Cast Nation, long-time supporter, yeah. turns around and looks at you and goes, it's always the penis with you. <laughs> oh, my word. To have somebody in the wild yeah. quote our podcast yes. to us. Yes. That was a brilliant moment. Oh, my goodness. It was so funny. So cheers to Neil for that cheers laugh. That was really yeah, wonderful. Was really I, wonderful. I love seeing his face every year at the Jubilee. He's a good lad. And Yeah. 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 And uh, and his daughter, Meredith, came out, too. Yep, She's always lovely. a supporter. Very lovely. Um, so great. Yeah. So so quickly, back to yes, getting, getting nerdy. Getting, getting, getting nerdy. Isn't that a Weird Al Yankovic song? 
about white and nerdy. White and nerdy. White and nerdy. That's us. <laughs> and we just got a little song. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now we're gonna get nerdy not about whiskey. We're gonna get nerdy about gin. Which, interestingly, last Saturday yeah. was World Gin Day. World Gin Day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so please stick with us because the gentleman you're going to hear from now, David McNichol, is with Brockman's Gin, which is, that's my house, Jen. Yep, agreed. That is my house, Jen. Uh, he is going to talk about a little bit of the history, a little bit of style, but what makes Brockman's different. It is so different. Yeah. And he gets really geeky about it. He gets into 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 process, or as you would say, process. Process. Would you say process? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a soft uh, process. <laughs> Loose jawed. Loose jawed. Americans. Process. Pro. 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 Much tighter. Pro. Pro. Process. I am here with Mr. David McNichol of Brockman's Gin, which has easily... It's my house gin. I wanted to... I wanted to talk with you about Brockman's Gin because when people think of gin, for the most part, because people are still getting educated, right? They just think, oh, it smells like pine trees. Oh, it smells like, you know, whatever. Brockman's is nothing like that. Why is that? The theory behind Brockman's uh, was to create a gin that would literally taste like no other. So you took the traditional London dry with that pine needles, the, that juniper heavy gin, as we say, everybody has had at some point a gincident. Yeah. And that gincident is usually with the London Dry. Yeah. So back in 2007, the, uh, the owners, of the people who would become the owners of Brockman's, decided to create a gin like no other. Uh, Bob Fouts, one of the founders, his first job leaving school was to work in Beefeater in the botanical cupboards and, and laboratories, mainly peeling grapefruit all day. And he got the opportunity, along with a couple of other people, to, to create a gin. But the stick was, this gin would be like no other. With two big remits. One, it would be the other end of the spectrum from the traditional London Dry, but beyond where Hendrix was going. And Hendrix, back in 2007, wasn't really that well known either. But Hendrix was the gin that had broken the umbilical cord uh, away from them. Bombay Sapphire had started that step in the 80s. Hendrix changed it. But instead of using the botanical basket like Hendrix, we wanted a long maceration, long infusion, so that the gin would have weight to it, so it would make it versatile. So A, it wouldn't taste like anything else, but B, you could drink it straight, yeah. smooth. That's how I drink it. That's exactly how I drink it, straight. Straight, on the rocks, but the versatility there allows it to be good in a Negroni. It allows it to be good in a French 75. Uh, it makes a great martini. Well, at the end of the day, a dry martini is cold gin in a martini glass. But they, uh, so they, the, the, the purpose behind that was A, the juice would look different. The packaging would be very different. We, we, uh, we have the, the uh, intellectual rights on the packaging. We, we don't, it's not an off-the-shelf packaging. We, it's all designed by us. And then the, the lifestyle side of things, if you look on our website, um, uh, the that we have a lot, it's very central, to, it's a gin of the night. The gin is an experience. It's not just about, you know, cricket on a Sunday afternoon in an English village. It really is something that is a 
product of going to a good club in London or New York or whatever. So it fits with New York, it fits with that, that more sensual side of, of, of life. And, um, and it's beautiful gin. So, so quickly, so it, it's, 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 the, it's the other side of gin, right? Like, yeah, like you had it's, said. It's unique, it's like no other. Right. So, so what are the flavors, the, the key identifying flavors of Brockman that, that you would call out to say you're not going to find this in other gins? So, because it's an English gin, by law, the juniper has to be there. To be a London dry, the juniper has to be predominant. You have to be able to, it has to be discernible. Uh, so the juniper, we have juniper in there. Now juniper berries are not berries, they're modified pine cones. And they are they're, uh, very complex. So when you create a recipe, and the, the a king to making a good gin is its recipe. You have to have the right botanicals. We went through 200 uh, hours and 400 botanicals to pick the right recipe. And we narrowed down to 11 botanicals, including things like orange peel, lemon peel, some of the usual suspects like angelica, uh, coriander, but we also have almonds, we have licorice, and uh, we have uh, the use of the orris for the binding. But we also have blackberry and blueberry, and that's the top note that you get. But we do two sets of uh, rectification distillation. We use nine of the botanicals centered on the juniper, angelica, and coriander, and the citrus. That gets redistilled in a 100-year-old copper pot still. And then independently, the blackberries and blueberries are macerated and independently redistilled. So it's a two-shot, it's a double-shot. So that means if you added the blackberries and blueberries, which are just dry soft fruit, that unfortunately would be lost within the maceration. So we have to do it independently. But one of the things that I think a lot of distillers don't realize is that, or, or the consumers realize, but distillers do, is that the, the distillate of the botanical does not necessarily taste like the botanical. Yeah. So the distillate of almonds does not taste like almonds. Uh, so. So yeah, so probably the blackberries and the blueberries will be really what makes a difference. But I we're, and we're here at a whiskey event, and I would say that we treat Brockman's almost like a single malt. You talk about the nose, the palate, and the finish. Yeah, yeah. Because another beautiful thing about it, and and you, I think you nailed it. One of the things I talk about when I talk about whiskey is texture. Yes. And Brockman's has loaded with wonderful texture. It goes beyond flavor, it's it's textural experience in the mouth. It's a, it's a mouthfeel. Yeah. It's mid-palate, yeah. um, but it has a finish. Yeah. And gins don't normally have a finish. And what that actually means is it lends itself to make good cocktails. Yeah. And so in the bars in here in New York, when we bring Brockman's in and ask them if they would like to put a cocktail on a menu, they're not, they will go down the classical road, like the Negronis and Friends 95, Tom Collins, so on. But you can almost hear the cocktails turning as people go, what can I do with, what can I do with this gin? Who let those people in? <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it doesn't get lost. It doesn't vanish. Uh, where, you know, a lot of gins, on the London dry side of things, any cocktail is usually there to mask the gininess. Yeah. Lighter gins like a Hendrix, while they are very good and tasty gins, yeah. you lose a lot of that in the cocktail. Yeah. With Brockman's, you don't lose 
I mean, this is a bramble. You make this into a bramble, yeah. you, don't, you don't even need creme de cassis. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Of course. Thank you. Good seeing you, brother. Good seeing you, brother. Jason. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, mean, I, I spoke with a couple of other people, but I want to know what it was like from your side of the table. I didn't have a chance to talk with you. You didn't. Right? You didn't. So what what worked at your table? What were people looking for? What was what were they excited about? Every year, Whiskey Jubilee Festival bottling is high on the list. There there are people who walk straight into the event and walk straight to the table and get a taste of the Whiskey Jubilee and then get their name on the sign up sheet or then go to the, the QR code or the URL that's in our little booklet and get it ordered. Spe- so. Speaking of Whiskey Jubilee. Oh, goodness. Cheers. Cheers. Little, little nine in the morning and after drinking until four in the morning. Uh, whiskey in our glass. We're professionals. Do not try this at home. No. <laughs> yeah, that's cracking. Oh. People couldn't believe the age on that. An almost 12-year-old yeah. MGP bourbon. Yeah. Yeah, people like the the char effect on it. Yeah, people like the increased tannins on it. Yeah, and yeah, then, but but not astringent. No, in no, any certainly way, right? not. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Still got that corn sweetness, but it's a very round corn sweetness. Yeah, you know what? Very I Very well developed, multi layered. So smooth, if you yeah. will. Oh, easy, <laughs> easy. And this is 108 proof. I don't know what this is you in ABV. Mother <laughs> lover. Yeah, you mother lover. Um, so, so they were loving this bottling. Mm-hmm. We had the uh, English Whiskey Company, right? Yeah, that that killed as yeah, well. Yeah. Our I had the Glen Murray and the Lefroy on our table. Mm-hmm. That are our, two of our online offerings from January. Yeah, yeah. Number of the members who swing by the table, yeah. they already own the bottles. Yeah, that's a good point, right? And so they're telling me, oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, time to buy another one. Um, <laughs> and so in, instead of taking them through stuff they already have in their in yeah. their homes jumped onto the retail line because uh, again as we said earlier on this conversation people are still looking for them so um, out of those three that I had on the table I had Gervin Grain mm-hmm. I had Glen Talkers mm-hmm. and I had Ben Nevis 8 oh right and then under the table I had Ben Nevis oh, 20 yeah. the Ben Nevis 20 we said this in the Seattle um, yeah. Jubilee episode yeah, yeah. the Ben Nevis 20 just kills absolutely kills, kills. Yeah, a lot that's, of people ended their nights exactly with that right exactly yeah, yeah that's, that's a home run every time yeah. The big surprise on the table yeah. uh, after the Jubilee bottling, the English Whiskey Company new release, was my Glen Talkers. Yes. And I say yeah. my. Because <laughs> you're a selfish, selfish man. I say my. Yeah. Because as we discussed in the Gordon and McPhail episode, uh, yeah. Uh, Gordon McPhail, Ben Romick episode, I love Glen Talkers. Yes. I love, love, love Glen Talkers. He's Talkers. a good guy. <laughs> Glenn. Glenn. Oh, Glenn. Oh, Glenn. He's such yeah. a talker. Big T. Such a talker. Big T. Big T. Um, <laughs> people, people have not heard of Glenn Talkers. Yeah. They don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. They... It's Glenn Tuckers, right? <laughs> Naughty boy. Naughty boy. Um, yeah, they don't know how to pronounce it. They don't know where it is in Scotland. They've, yeah. They don't see official bottlings mm-hmm. of it. No. Um, even at my, and this is, again, we've said this all the way through all of our episodes, is what I love about the industry. I'm standing at my single cast nation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. independent bottler's table, mm-hmm. talking to people about Gordon and McPhail. <laughs> <Right>? yes. <laughs> I'm telling them, if you like Hourglen Talkers 8, go look 
for Gordon and McPhail bottlings yes. of Glentalkers. Yeah. Right? What industry does that happen? Right? We've said this many times <laughs> on the podcast. So. If you love our Coca-Cola products, <laughs> please. <laughs> Please try those Pepsi products. <laughs> exactly. Right? Right? Yeah, if you like Coke, you'll like Pepsi. Uh, I don't think they've ever marketed it like that. So, um, yeah, and so I so I love doing that. And yeah. but for me, and this again is part of that messaging mm. that we've tried to deliver in America, mm-hmm. trying to bring a Scottish style independent bottler to the United States, mm. is we have our brand, yep. and we have the distillery name. Yeah. And I said to people last night, yeah. when you try my Benevis, I want you to know about the Benevis distillery. Yeah. It's important to me that you learn about Benevis when you're here. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, learn about English Whiskey Company. Mm-hmm. I'm telling them, yep, they started distilling December 2006, yeah. family owned and operated out of Norfolk in the southeast of England, right. great barley growing region. Like, I'm, it's, it's important to educate people. It's right? important to yeah. us to let people know about those distilleries. Yeah. And that's yeah. why it's easy to then recommend a Gordon and McPhail Glentalkers. Yeah. Right? Because you say, it's the distillery. Mm-hmm. Go and explore that distillery. And I hope that that people who tasted that mm-hmm. love Glentalkers as much as I do. So, yeah. so that's... Because we're only going to bottle more. Oh, yeah. Right. Oof. And yeah. hopefully some older stuff. So, so you had said yeah. something. Well, hugely important right. and fascinating. Question mark? You had said, try my Ben Nevis. That sounds like code for something. Always the penis with you. (laughs) Uh, So, with this Whiskey Jubilee Festival bottling in mind, Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with Ben over at Beastmasters Club. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad they were in the room. That was a nice Oh, that was great. That That was a break from the norm. That was their quinceanera. That was their coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Also not an English word. Oh, look at that. We are a multicultural. <laughs> yeah. That was, and that was the thing about our poor list last night. I think there was more international offerings yeah. on our poor list than, yeah. than we've ever seen before. Yeah. Oh, uh, it, speaking of that. Fukano. We, yeah, Fukano, Oishi, Tipperary. Tipperary was there. Right? Yep. Uh, we had so many new brands. Yes. I will oh. say to our listeners, oh. one of those three is not Japanese. But I'm not telling you which one. <laughs> so I want you to hear my conversation with Ben. Ben yeah. is a lovely chap. Good. Good, good, good. Him and Steve Zeller. Yeah. And Jeff, who has a very fun nickname, code name? Superhero name? Definitely nickname. Is he Professor It's not Professor Picklebottom. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Picklebottom. That was going to be the name of our of Colonel Angus. Professor Picklebottom. Yeah, yeah. So I have a cat named Colonel Angus, but if you say with a southern accent, you're going to really love his name. There's a carriage on the horizon. Oh, where, dear child? There, fluttering down the road, darting in and out of the cotton. Ooh, ooh. Why, that must be the Colonel. Colonel Angus. Could it really be, Mama? And uh, my daughters wanted to name 
name him Professor Picklebottom. I said, oh, let's try Conalangus. Because all the women love Conalangus. So what's the nickname of the human being that, uh, of whom we're discussing right now? You know what? Let's hear him say it. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I'm here with Mr. Ben Paluba right now. Mr. Jeff, known as The Warehouse. What's your nickname? Professor Rickhouse. Professor Rickhouse. And also in the far distance is the Beastmaster himself, Mr. Steven Zeller. How you doing, buddy? Oh, my gosh. That, that's like in the red the whole time. So Beastmasters, actually anybody listening to our podcast right now, guaranteed has been listening to Beastmasters well before us. But this is your first time. This is your quinceanera, right? This yeah, is your this is your coming com- out. this is your coming out party. Indeed. Talk to me about what you guys talk to me about what Beastmasters Club does, and then and then a little bit about what you have on the table. All right, so uh, we do a, kind of a triple threat whiskey club. We do you sing, you dance, and you act. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It's like we're we're Tony Oscar Emmy. Nice. Yeah, we nice, do, nice, uh, nice. the big triple threat. No, but we do private barrels. Uh, we do events and we do a podcast. And we combine those all up. Uh, generally, every month we have a, have an event where we'll debut a private barrel that we've selected, which you can buy on our site. Uh, and what's that site? It's BeastmastersClub.com. There you go. Easy, easy if you know Beastmasters Club. Beastmasters Club with a dot com at the end. You've got the whole package. Right, right. So usually at our events we'll be debuting one of our private barrels. We try and get a, a distiller or someone who represents the organization who makes the whiskey come in, talk to us. We do sort of an interview and tasting for the crew at the event. Um, and then we record that live for a podcast yeah. so people at home can buy our bottles online, they can play along, listen to the interview, etc. Yeah. So that's sort of our whole shtick. Is there a chance I can get on your podcast? Well, I mean, I think there is. I think Josh is probably our most frequent podcast guest at this point. It's my aim to be always the most frequented visitor on your podcast. And last, just last night we did a podcast event with, with Josh and Jason, the single cash nation, nation duo, and they thrashed us in a battle of the single barrels. Yeah. We destroyed you. Yeah, you did. It's all right. We took our lumps. I think we were all winners drinking uh, amazing whiskeys, but yeah, we got our asses kicked. Uh, it, was, it was a good night. Every single single barrel pick on there was was a winner. That, that Elijah, your new Elijah Craig, is such a stunning little whiskey. Yeah. And you're charging 36 bucks for that bottle. $36. It's available on BeastmastersClub.com. Uh, I think there's still a bunch of it left, but yeah, it's going fast, but a great value. I mean, it's like, Steve and I were just saying that we think it's probably the best value in bourbon that we've seen in a couple of years. You had a podcast episode where you talked about the best value bourbons, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, did our top five under a hundred dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good, good list with Jake, the Whiskey Ninja. Yeah, whiskey Warrior. Whiskey yeah. Warrior. He was, he's been on American Ninja. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. He calls himself the Whiskey Warrior. But yeah, Jake Cahill was on the cast uh, talking with us about those. But that, that, that was a very well-received podcast. Yeah, yeah. Because people are always looking for a good value, and there are a lot out there. It's just, you know, you hear about all these names and, and just, like, buzzwords, and you get distracted from all the good stuff that's out there. But there really is some great stuff out there for under 50 bucks. 
even. Yeah, yeah, so that's what we tried to do with this barrel. Nice. Um, but here tonight, we're pouring a few of our private barrel selections. We have uh, a barrel bourbon private cask, uh, which is was, our, was, was that the, your first one? This is the yeah. first Beastmasters yeah, yeah, yeah. Club barrel. Uh, we have a Smooth Ambler Old Scout 10-year, oh. which is just absolutely delicious. One of my favorite bourbons this year so yeah. far. One easily. of the losers from last night to <laughs> your uh, MGP almost 12-year. This, this is where I cue the music of We Are the Champions. <laughs> and, then, and then we're pouring the, uh, the Elijah Craig 9-year, our most recent pick, which we've called the Midnight Rider. It's our Greg Allman tribute. Yeah, well there. done, yeah. Yep, yep. Yep, we lost yeah. the great. And we're super psyched to be here. We're so glad you guys had us. Yeah, uh, happy to have you. having a lot of fun, and the people are great. The event is amazing. Uh, so thanks a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. So the reason I wanted to go over to Ben and, and my conversation with Ben was, and you know, you heard him talk about the, the podcast we did where we basically pit two mm. of our bourbons against two of their bourbon yeah. selections. Terrific, terrific. And our Whiskey Jubilee Festival bottling, which was that 11-year, almost 12-year-old MGP, beat out their 10-year-old. They had a smooth ambler, but it's also MGP juice. Great selection. Yeah, great selection. But we wiped the floor yeah. with them. Yeah, Just and to be clear, that was a smooth ambler old scout. Old scout, right. Which is always yeah. the older MGP yeah. stuff. Yep. But uh, absolutely great whiskey, so they may still have some available yeah. at their website. I would just like to be sure yes. that our listeners at home know mm-hmm. you brought your personal bottle yes. of Whiskey Jubilee Wild Turkey yes. 2016 mm-hmm. to the Beastmasters tasting. I did. I did. You opened that yes. for that podcast. Yes. I would yeah. not have done that. <laughs> See... I'm a generous man. I'm a giving man. Uh, I try not to come off cheap. I'm trying to break stereotypes left and right. You, sir, are that cheap Scott. (laughs) Hey, I represent that comment. (laughs) Oh, man. What a great night last night. I'm still buzzing. It was. It felt good. It yeah. felt good at the table. I got to. I mean, turn. no, I'm I'm literally still buzzing from the drink. Oh, no, but but continue as we drink right now. <laughs> <laughs> good golly gosh, professionals. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the number. I'm I'm pretty good with faces. Yes. And I recognize people from year to year, and sometimes I remember names and, and I get it right, mm-hmm. and uh, and sometimes I'm in the ballpark. Mm. Um, a number of people. And I confirmed this with them. This isn't just me going on. I saw new faces. Um, I confirmed with people. <laughs> a lot of people, first time Whiskey Jubilee last night. Yeah. That was really exciting. Good old, good, good old faces. Don't want to say it like that. Um, <laughs> a lot of friendly faces that yeah. we've seen. Yeah. Uh, Whiskey Jubilee after Whiskey Jubilee. Yeah. And then getting to see the younger crowd coming mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. time attendees mm-hmm. I, I had a guy come up to the table and, and we discussed this earlier with people come for the food and then they want to learn a little bit about the whiskey right. I had a guy come up to the table and, and obviously I've got seven things on the table one thing under the table and uh, he said what should I drink I said mm-hmm. well what do you like to drink he said um, anything really um, depends mm-hmm. on my mood I said okay uh, what types of things do you like to eat um, just to try and gauge his palate that way. And, yeah, he, and he said, yeah. I'm not going to be very helpful. I, I like a lot of different things. And I said, well, do you, 
That's are great. You, are, you, are you sweet? Are you savory? Yeah. He said, all of the above. I was like, okay. Wow. Okay. Well, here, let me do this. <laughs> Have you come to the right table? <laughs> and so I gave him some of the, mm. the, the citrus balm mm. gervin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he liked it. Mm-hmm. And then I gave him some of the malt balm Glen Talkers. Yeah. And he liked it. And then I gave him some of that kind of funky Ben Nevis. Mm. And he didn't like it. Okay. I was like, good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now we're starting to frame your palate. Okay. <laughs> now we know. And then I extended them over onto the, the Glen Murray that's six years bourbon, six years Madeira. Yeah. And then onto the English Whiskey Company that's all nine years in First Phil Saturn. And he really liked those. Okay. Those delivered really yeah. strong yeah. for him. Um, but there's a guy who walked up the table, did no idea what he was about mm-hmm. to put in his mouth. And five whiskeys later, We've really established, oh, okay, so yeah. now you know, right. go looking for some full wine maturation stuff. Yeah. Um, check out your ABVs on it. We are obviously natural cast strength. Mm-hmm. Look at it at 46%, look at it at 48%. It's that type of experience. Mm. And that's a guy, hopefully, get to see next year, who's going from table to table, learning about his palate, yeah. learning what he likes, not just coming in, oh, I've got this series of bottles in my cabinet at home. Right. Now I come to the Whiskey Jubilee and I drink the things that are in my cabinet. Yeah. It needs to be experiential, needs to be, you know, full learning experience. Not necessarily if you're geeking out like we tend to do. Yeah. But you yeah. just want to explore your palate as much as yeah. possible. Enjoy the food, explore your palate. So yeah. I had a brilliant time with him. Yeah. You should explore the space. Can you transition that into Chad? <laughs> <laughs> well, I saved... One of my most favorite people for last night. So, uh, Mr. Chad Robinson from Catoctin Creek. Some of you may know that uh, we've bottled a couple of Catoctin Creek ryes. Mm-hmm. Very interesting ryes right? as well. Yeah, very 100% right. Yeah. Always surprises people. 100% unmalted rye. <laughs> That's been the theme of the week. That's been the theme of the week. Yeah, in fact, Chad and I talk about it. But I wanted, I wanted to talk with Chad... You know, and this is getting back to getting geeky. I wanted to talk with Chad about a little bit about process or process, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because rye is a very unforgiving grain. Correct. Right. It is not easy to to mash and 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 ferment and distill. It is a very gummy and. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's 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 just a. It's a, like distilling porridge or oatmeal. Right. Right. And, yeah. And, and for for people listening at home who might not know it, Catoctin Creek, which is in Northern Virginia, they actually have a paddle in their still, mm-hmm. and that paddle keeps the solids moving, the rye solids moving, as they're distilling. Their belief, it's mine also. That increases the the oiliness and the weightiness yeah. of their spirit. Oh, when is it ever yeah. right? Yeah. And so, but I, I just think it's remarkable that you have this paddle moving inside your still, yeah, uh, to so that things don't basically burn to the bottom of the pot. Right, uh, it's, it's it's a great thing to see in action as well. As much as I love hearing you talk I, about how the sausage is made. You know how I feel about Catoctin Creek, right? <laughs> I love talking about Catoctin Creek. Scott and Becky are brilliant. Oh, no, Greg great. is brilliant. Chad great. is obviously brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Their tasting room is fantastic. Yeah. Their new downtown location, I think it's now been a couple of years at least that they're yeah. in there, yeah. um, is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And really, Purcellville is lucky to have them. Um, so yes, I, I apologize. I 
like to get my geek on with Catoctin Creek, <laughs> I'm more than happy to turn the floor over to Chad. <laughs> Cheers, Chad. Cheers. Chad Robinson. You're one of my favorite people. That's the first time I'm hearing that. Whiskey lover, whiskey pourer, author, poet. What else? Um, I think you about covered it. And we're done here. No. <laughs> In all seriousness, we got Chad Robinson with Catoctin Creek. And um, talk to me about the whiskeys that you have on your table. And talk to me about, if you wouldn't mind, Catoctin Creek. Because it's, it's rye whiskey out of Virginia, but it's, in my opinion, a very different rye whiskey from what people know as rye, from what people know as, like, what comes out of MGP. Because that's what people know as rye, typically. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Right. I mean, there's one thing that we got a lot very early on. It was the idea that our rye doesn't taste like rye because the rye that they were accustomed to tasting was all from a single distillery, single mash bill. It was the same idea of rye everywhere. And so when you have something where it's 100% rye, it's all unmalted, we're doing all the mashing, distilling, and maturing at our own facility, it's going to be its own kind of rye. It's not going to taste like anything else that you're tasting somewhere else. It's completely unmalted rye? That makes my heart sing. Thank you. Because now that proves Jason wrong. Thank you. Continue. I know how it is. I love being right, too. So especially <laughs> when you can rub it in a friend's face, it's amazing. Uh, so when you're looking at 100% uh, unmalted rye, we're doing enzymatic changes. We're not riding the enzyme by itself. Not having any melted rye for that. It has a different kind of fruitiness to the rye. And that's definitely the hallmark, I feel. From the cash proof, the 92 proof, all down to the 80 proof. It's, it's that fruitiness that you're not really up to drying in rye whiskey. So, so you're doing 100% rye. Rye is a ridiculously gummy grain. It's very difficult to distill, and that's why, you know, MGP with their 95% rye, there's a reason they have other stuff to make part of the process a little easier. I mean, yeah, you need malted barley to get the enzymes starting, things like that. But talk to me about the difficulties of doing 100% rye and what you're doing to overcome it in the distillation process. So the... Probably the most important piece is going to be the anti-foamers. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing a slightly lower fill on the mashing because if we fill the mash tanks all the way up, then it would foam over the top. Yeah. And because we're organic, we can't use anti-foamers. Yeah. And that's one of those things that people would incorporate to keep it from bubbling over as it's fermenting. Yeah. But for us, we have to use more fermentation tanks than we would normally okay. because we have to counteract that piece. Uh, one that almost got me in trouble one time, we were having an event and the still was just finishing the run. And so our assistant distiller, Greg, was going to clean out the still. We were having the band, we were having some groups coming to tour the distillery. That power washer trying to clean the inside of the still was a bit loud. Right. So I said, Greg, do you mind like turning off the power job. washer real quick? And he shot me a dead stare. It's like daggers immediately. I'm like, oh, I mean, it's real quick, Greg. It's real quick. And I mean, I understood why. You let that rye cool on the inside of the still, it cakes on, bakes on, and it does not go away. And he didn't want to get in the scrub it, and I, I, I totally understand that, but it, it's hard. You gotta know what you're doing, you gotta know how to work with the grain, and it's something that we put a lot of emphasis on because of how much we love the grain. So I have to say, Joshua, just like you did in Seattle, yes. you did a really wonderful job running the show on the floor. Oh, look at that. On the night. You're so nice. 
and interviewing people. This is a new wrinkle we've added to a very stressful yes. job. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it really is great yeah. credit mm-hmm. to our Seattle team yes. and our New York team yes. that you were able to get out and get those interviews uh, on wax. I would not have been able to do it if, if not for them. Exactly. If not for you. Now we look forward to November 9 in Chicago. Yeah. Still been developing the team up there. Still been building it. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see if you get the same chance to do interviews, floor interviews, uh, when we're in Chicago. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to do them. But the show may fall apart <laughs> around us. I still will do them. <laughs> Third World War in the building. <laughs> damn, damn it if we didn't get live opinions <laughs> on this show completely crashing and burning. Josh, there's a fire to put out. Yeah, but I'm doing this. No, there's literally a fire to put out. <laughs> so, so now that New York is behind us, we'll, yes. we'll make the tickets available. For Chicago, um, yeah. We'll, we'll Give us a little bit. Yeah, we'll, it's not happening today, I'll tell you that much. Uh, we'll finalize details yeah. uh, with our exhibitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get our team together, yeah. uh, and we'll start moving forward. Excited, as you mentioned earlier, um, to get mm-hmm. our Chicago caterer for the mm-hmm. second consecutive year. Yep, shallots. Yep. Oh, good, good food. Already spoke with him. He's got it in his books, ready Beautiful. to go. November yep. 9. So that's going to be good. Yep. Um, so on that note, yes, you and I are sitting in a New York hotel room. Yes. The morning after yeah. the sixth annual Whiskey Jubilee New York City. Yes. Um, for regular listeners, we're not going to go into news. Um, because I feel like we spoke about the retail line. We talked about you know, some Whiskey yeah, Geek stuff. Yeah, we got a little bit in there. Yeah, yeah. We got a little bit as we went along. So we're going to skip that this week. Uh, we're also going to skip the email section. So please continue to have them come in. Please keep sending in your questions. Uh, obviously, from last night at the table, I was answering questions directly mm-hmm. for people. Um, we are still getting that uh, those great questions about, if I like X, what should I buy from the Single yeah, Cast Nation yeah, line? Yeah, yeah. Um, I like hearing those questions a lot. What do you have that's similar to this? Only one person last right, night right. asked me for my smoothest. That that person is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for buying a ticket. It's much appreciated. I mean, I love that person. <laughs> God, what a generous thing to say. Uh, <laughs> I may cut that out. We'll see. We'll see how I feel at time but, of editing. So here was my response. To, to that one person who asked yeah. me for my smoothest, do you regularly drink cast strength whiskeys? Mm. Because if the answer to that is no, you're not going to find any of my stuff smooth. You're going to find all of my stuff. And I say that because it was my table that I was running, oh, nice, even nice though it's our company. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to like any of my stuff because you're going to taste the alcohol. It's yeah. not going to be what you consider smooth. Right. So... So I, I tried to get ahead of that story uh, when somebody asked me for smooth. You didn't tell him that smooth only works for surfaces and babies' bottoms? <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. So no news, no emails. I also suggest, given the time, you know, you and I have talked here quite a bit and we're bringing on a lot of our interviews. Mm-hmm. Let's pass on misconceptions this this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. is that equal yeah. that? Yeah, I second okay. that motion. I second that emotion. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jason. I don't know if I'm just going to be singing or if I'm going to bring it in also, but I'm having so much fun singing. 
<laughs> you look like a person who's relieved that the New York Jubilee is behind <laughs> for so another relieved. year. <laughs> I tell you, as much as I love it, I always look forward to 10.01, <laughs> right? That minute after the event. When nobody has left <laughs> and exhibitors are still pouring, even though they've and been told saying, to stop. Come on, no. And we're saying, please no, leave. Okay. And take so your maybe I'm off looking forward to 3.38 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> when we start thinking about 4 a.m. pizza. Yeah. So, so, so Next. this is my job. This is my job. Even though we're not doing emails, yes. like you had said, please reach out to us. Mm. So questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com. Uh, shoot some tweets at us. Natalie, we haven't heard from you in a while, so I'm calling you out. <laughs> That's at One Nation Whiskey. Um, and uh, at One Nation Under Whiskey Instagram and Facebook.com slash One Nation Under Whiskey. Thanks again to, to Tam and to Jess from Scotch Whiskey Auctions. Yeah, they, they did Huge, us a solid. They really did us a solid, and uh, we couldn't have presented the masterclass that we had without them yep. and they've been tremendous supporters of the jubilee for for quite some time yep. um I, I will tell you yeah. if this becomes a roll call mm-hmm. of people who have been very helpful oh can we let's, and let's very loving names. let's do some names it's impossible i would feel terrible about everybody that did not get named and and i i they just know they're not that important to us. i swear to you josh yeah if we do a roll call it's yeah. going to be literally 150 names long mandy nope Marilyn. Nope. Brittany. Nope. Tiffany. Nope. Candace. Nope. All right, speed round. I'm going to rattle off some names when I hit it. Fucking buzz it, okay? I will tell you. You got me? Yeah. All right, Brandy, Heather, Channing, Brianna, Amber, Sabrina, Melody, Dakota, Sierra, Bambi, Crystal, Samantha, Autumn, Ruby, Taylor, Tara, Tammy, Lauren, Charlene, Chantel, Courtney, Misty, Jenny, Krista, Mindy, Noel, Shelby, Trina, Reba, Cassandra, Nikki, Kelsey, Shauna, Jolene, Erling, Claudine, Savannah, Casey, Dolly, Kendra, Kali, Chloe, Devin, Emily, fucking Becky? Nope. Wait, was it any one of those names with a Lynn after it? Yes. Okay. Brandy Lynn, Hevelyn, Tammy Lynn. And on the back of Ted, yeah. I'm going to say Joshua. Yes. It's been brilliant. It has been. Next year in New York City. Next year in New York City.